Friday, February the 16th, the Friday after Ash Wednesday. Let's begin this morning praying part of Psalm 51, the Miserere. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. Awash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned. What is evil in your sight I have done, that you may be justified when you give sentence and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born, a sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart, then in the secret of my heart, teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. A pure heart create for me, O God, put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. In your goodness, show favor to Zion. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocausts offered on your altar. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, and welcome to this Friday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Anna Mitchell coming to you. From the studios of Sacred Heart Catholic Radio in Cincinnati, Ohio, Paul Lockman at the controls for us. Travis Smith has a video feed up and running, which you can find on our YouTube page and also on Facebook. Matt, unfortunately, still sick today, so say a prayer for his quick recovery. Hopefully he'll be back with us on Monday. But he did leave us with a conversation to share with you with Beth Kanabi from Catholic Relief Services to talk about CRS Rice Bowl, one of the, uh, I would say, key campaigns that uh, we hear about during Lent. Rita Heikenfeld will be along from abouteating.com. We're going to be talking about fasting breads, which would be a good thing to perhaps do on a Friday fast, especially in Lent. Ken Craycraft is going to talk about that He Gets Us commercial that we saw during the Super Bowl and talk about why He Gets Us doesn't get him, that is, doesn't get Jesus. And we'll wrap things up looking ahead to the Mass readings for the first Sunday of Lent with Father Hezekiah Carnazzo from the Institute of Catholic Culture. Hope you can stick around for the entire hour, actually the entire two hours of the Sunrise Morning Show here on EWTN Radio. Right now it's three minutes past and it's time for news. The Global Security Summit in Munich begins today. The wars in Gaza and Ukraine are expected to dominate the long weekend, along with fears over America's commitment to defending its allies. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky will be in attendance along with leaders from Israel and Palestine. Other world leaders in attendance will include Vice President Kamala Harris and the German Chancellor. Harris will speak today on U.S. global leadership in part in hopes of calming allies. The FDA has recalled nearly 60 products containing contaminated dairy 
Lisa Taylor has more. A national outbreak of listeria has been linked to cheese, yogurt, and sour cream made by Rizzo Lopez Foods and sold under over a dozen brand names. The recall has also been extended to salad kits, taco kits, and other products sold nationwide, including at Walmart, Costco, Whole Foods, and Trader Joe's. Those products either contain cheese made by Rizzo Lopez Foods or were processed on the same line. The outbreak is linked to two deaths and 23 hospitalizations. I'm Lisa Taylor. A verdict in former President Donald Trump's civil fraud trial is expected today. The New York judge overseeing the case has already found that Trump did engage in fraud and must now decide what penalties he and his company should pay. State Attorney General Letitia James is seeking $370 million and a ban on Trump and other defendants from doing business in New York. Greece has legalized the redefinition of marriage. The Greek parliament approved a bill yesterday which allows same-sex couples to get civilly married and adopt children. Greece is now one of the first Orthodox Christian countries to allow same-sex unions. The church was strongly opposed to the bill, which was approved by 176 lawmakers in the 300-seat parliament. Pope Francis yesterday welcomed members of the Diaconia of Beauty Association, encouraging them to be canters of harmony. From Vatican Radio, Joseph Tollick reports. In his address to Diaconia members, the Holy Father reflected on the group's event-oriented focus aimed at helping artists to re-establish a fruitful dialogue with the Church through meetings, concerts, performances and similar events. The Pope went on to speak about the spiritual dimension of their work, highlighting their vocation of helping artists to create a bridge between heaven and earth. He explained, you want to awaken in them the search for the truth because beauty invites us to a different way of being in the world. Pope Francis praised the group for their fruitful apostolate, marked by the establishment of artists' residents throughout the world. Your challenge, he said, is to bring out the beauty that is hidden in artists, whose lives are often marked by loneliness and suffering, so that they, in turn, can become apostles of this beauty that generates life, hope, and a thirst for happiness between different peoples, cultures, and religions. In the context of a world marred by violence of all kinds, he said, we need men and women capable of making us dream of a different, beautiful world. At the same time, the Pope highlighted the urgent need to recreate harmony between humanity and the environment, insisting that art is a very powerful medium to convey the message of nature's beauty. The culture of beauty constantly sets us in motion, Pope Francis said in conclusion. Encountering God's beauty allows us to start again, to begin again, on the journey toward more humane and fraternal societies. I'm Joseph Tollock. And the largest 40 Days for Life campaign ever got underway this week on Ash Wednesday. From now through Palm Sunday, March 24th, pro-lifers will be praying and keeping vigil outside of abortion clinics in 656 cities worldwide. The organization says since its inception in 2007, they've seen more than 256 abortion workers quit. 148 abortion centers closed and more than 24,000 lives saved. If you would like to take part in the 40 Days for Life campaign, you can find a location near you at the number 40, 40daysforlife.com. Such great, great stuff. Praying outside of an abortion clinic, so important, especially in this post-Roe world. Today is Friday, February the 16th. It is the Friday after Ash Wednesday. Looking ahead to the first Sunday of Lent this weekend. That means no meat today, ladies and gentlemen. It is a day of abstinence for us all.
It's eight past now. Matt? Beth Kanabi is with Catholic Relief Services and CRS Rice Bowl, which, if you look in the back of your parish, I bet you can find some uh, foldable rice bowls to take home and put pennies in at your dinner table. Beth, welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me. How excited do you get every year when this particular program gets to to kick off? Because, you know, everybody wants to pray and fast and give alms. And sometimes that alms thing, you just like, hey, there's so many different opportunities to, to give. But Rice Bowl is one of those kind of like standard things that is really locked into this mm-hmm. Lenten season, isn't it? It it really is. As a matter of fact, um, Rice Bowl has been around for 49 years. We were started in 1975. We are one year away from celebrating our 50th anniversary. Awesome. And and like you said, Matt, you know, Catholics around the country, over 13,000 parishes and schools participate in Rice Bowl. So if you've got kids in Catholic schools, I hope their principal is sending them home with the little cardboard box or you can pick one up at your parish. Uh, We have all sorts of materials that you can download on our website. But the whole goal of Rice Bowl is to give communities tools for prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, all in support of our brothers and sisters living in poverty all around the world. Well, I'm so glad, too, that you do something that not a lot of organizations have, have gone out of their way to do. You know, there are a lot of, you know, grown people listening, you know, who have day jobs right now, and they can write checks, and they have debit cards and stuff, but the church doesn't say, oh, you got to wait until you're 16 years old to start actually really engaging in Lent. The church wants people to engage at every level, and a kid of, you know, six years, a kindergartner, they don't have a day job, they don't have a debit card, they don't have a checking account, but they can find a nickel in the couch cushions. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely right. You know, it's a, it's a program for kids of all ages and, and families of all ages and stages in life. Um, the, the, the rice, the little cardboard box, the bowl, comes with a calendar. And I think the great thing is that it gives you prayers and activities every single day of Lent to grow in solidarity uh, with people around the world. And, and Rice Bowl has gone high tech as well. So in addition to being able to put your, your nickels, dimes, your dollars and checks, you can actually go online and set up an online giving page. It's become really popular with, with schools and parishes. You can set up your, your personal page about why um, ending global hunger is important to you. Uh, you'll see the little thermometer grow throughout the season of Lent as your community uh, is giving uh, towards this rice school campaign um, in so many different ways for, for both individuals and families to participate. Well, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, these are the three pillars of Lent. And uh, you've got the prayers, right? You've got the almsgiving opportunity. But mm-hmm. also, you know, every Friday during Lent, we as Catholics are intentional about eating meatless recipes, not just because like we're trying to boycott the meat industry or anything, but because we want to bond together, right? We want to remember mm-hmm. that we're doing something together as a community that involves our whole bodies, including the eating parts, right? And I had an amazing opportunity several years ago to go on a, a trip with with Catholic Relief Services to the places that are helped by Rice Bowl. And I got to participate in helping to make one of these recipes with some people in the countries where these things are are, are 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 taking effect. And I was, you know, I came home and I was like, cool, we made pumpkin leaves stuff with like, you know, bean soup. And it was amazing. And I made it in my home when I came back. We get to bond together and remember that this is not something that's happening abstract with people who are over there. The church is us, right? This is us we're helping. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's it's not only us, but it's right. It's communities um, in Uganda, El Salvador, Indonesia, everywhere. Ghana, Tanzania. That's where I got to go. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and and as you mentioned, Matt, um, on the CRS Rice Bowl website, if people go to crsricebowl.org, there is a recipes tab, and you can download luncheon recipes for your Friday meatless meals. Um, and, and truly eat in solidarity uh, with people around the world. The recipes are really simple to make, um, you know, with with ingredients that we probably all have in our cupboards already. Um, so not only do you get to eat a delicious meatless meal, but you can remember and, and even watch stories and videos of the people making these meals in their own homes in these countries. Well, and think about the places that we're praying for. Every time Anna Mitchell reads this in the news, I think of it as a prayer request list. You know, when we hear mm-hmm. Gaza in the news all the time, you've got a shakshuka recipe, which is basically like fried eggs and diced tomatoes and green chilies, right? I mean, it doesn't take a genius to make this stuff, and you can pray in sort of a unique way, right, as you make these things. Right, exactly. exactly. It, it really does draw us closer in solidarity with our human family and, and to recognize, you know, the simplicity of these meals for me always reminds me that, that there are people in the world who are truly hungry. You know, I, I I think, you know, those of us living in the United States, it's easy at the end of a busy work day to say, oh, I'm starving. You know, I can't wait to go home and make dinner. Um, but I think when, when we um, go to these meatless meal recipes and think about just the simplicity of them, and for many people in these countries, this may be their only meal of the day. This may be a real treat uh, to eat bean soup, or that is the same meal they, they eat every day. Um, and, and it is, it's, it's, a, it's a real grace uh, to be able to spend part of our Lent in solidarity with them. Well, one of the things that surprised me, well, there were a number of things that surprised me when I got to see what CRS is actually doing. I was surprised at how far these pennies and nickels and dimes get stretched. It's shocking how much people can do with a few dollars to, to feed an entire school for a day. I was also sort of shocked that uh, some of the reasons that kids even go to school in the first place is because that's where the food is. Right. Uh, these are some of the, the things that we don't even think about as Americans. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There are so many kids um, for whom the meal they receive at a CRS sponsored school may be the only meal that they receive in any given day. And and thank you, Matt, for mentioning just how how efficient and effective um, yeah. your almsgiving is. Uh, last year, CRS Rice Bowl uh, contributed nearly ten million dollars uh, to the work of CRS around the world in these hunger and poverty alleviation programs. And really simple things, like you said, it's, it's a meal for a child going to, to, a, to a school, it's nutrition classes for families, teaching farmers uh, to grow healthier crops. Um, there's a really great story from El Salvador this year about a woman named Sandra who's a chicken farmer. Uh, she was part of a training program with CRS that that taught her how to raise chickens. So not only does she have eggs to feed her family, but she then has eggs to sell in the market. That is so awesome. Thanks so much to Beth Kanabi. Thank you, Matt, for that conversation. You can find CRS Rice Bowl at crsricebowl.org. 
Let's take a look at weather across the nation. A disturbance will bring an area of rain and snow to the Central Plains, mid-Mississippi Valley, and Midwest today. Locations in Nebraska, Kansas, northern Missouri, Illinois, and Indiana could see a few inches of snow quickly accumulate. Meanwhile, rain will be on the southern side of the disturbance in Arkansas, Kentucky, and western Tennessee. A low-pressure system will develop along the Gulf Coast and bring periods of rain, some of which maybe downpours the rest of the southern plains and southeast will be largely dry today low pressure exiting new england will leave behind scattered snow showers and cold conditions for the northeast snow showers and chilly weather will also extend into the northern great lakes snow will be falling across the mountains of southern wyoming northern colorado northern utah and eastern idaho due to a disturbance in the region most areas will see one to three inches of accumulation the rest of the west will be largely dry for your Friday. Coming up on 17 past here on the Sunrise Morning Show, we got headlines up next. Stay with us. Support is from MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. Have you subscribed to get the Sunrise Morning Show show notes? When you subscribe, the show notes arrive in your inbox weekday mornings with the list of featured guests, books, articles, and websites we'll discuss. And then you'll also get the podcast with markers to quickly find and hear an interview again or to see the Sunrise Morning Show on video. So to know when your favorite guests are on, go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click subscribe. EWTN, teaching the truth. Oh my, you know what? She was put in the right place at the right time with the right people, and it just exploded from there. Thank God. I I listen to EWTN, and you guys are on my radio, on my phone, 18 hours out of 24, and the TV is off. I just love your program. I I wanted to tell you guys that Catholic Radio is just the greatest thing in my life. I'm glad to hear that. I hope Catholic Radio is at least something good in your life, if not the greatest thing. 19 past, let's take a look at headlines here on the Sunrise Morning Show. The Global Security Summit in Munich begins today with the wars in the Holy Land and Ukraine expected to dominate the long weekend ahead. Pope Francis welcomed members of the Diaconia of Beauty Association yesterday and the Vatican also yesterday released the Pope's message for the next World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly under the theme, Do Not Cast Me Off in My Old Age. Next newscast coming up at the bottom of the hour, about 10 minutes from now as the Sunrise Morning Show continues. And wow, 
what a striking theme for the next World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly, which always takes place um, on the Sunday nearest the Feast of Saints Joachim and Anne, the uh, grandparents of Jesus. And I would just like to put this out there. I was actually talking about this yesterday on the phone. Um, I was very grieved. I think it was earlier this year or sometime last year. The Little Sisters of the Poor had to leave the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. And I think that their charism is one of the most beautiful charisms that we have in religious life in the church in that they keep vigil with the dying. They do not cast off the elderly in their old age. And I just want to put it out there. Any young woman who is uh, looking into religious life, please consider a vocation with the Little Sisters of the Poor. It's not the quote-unquote sexiest of the charisms, but I think one of the most important Little Sisters of the Poor. It's 21 past. Starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Have you subscribed to get the Sunrise Morning Show show notes? When you subscribe, the show notes arrive in your inbox weekday mornings with the list of featured guests, books, articles, and websites we'll discuss. And then you'll also get the podcast with markers to quickly find and hear an interview again or to see the Sunrise Morning Show on video. So to know when your favorite guests are on, Go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click subscribe. The Lenten Prose, Attende Domine. Hear us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have sinned against Thee. To Thee, Redeemer, on Thy throne of glory, lift we our weeping eyes in holy pleadings. Listen, O Jesus, to our supplications. Hear us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have sinned against Thee. God, we implore thee, in thy glory seated, bow down and hearken to thy weeping children. Pity and pardon all our grievous trespasses. Hear us, Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have sinned against thee. Innocent captive, taken unresisting, falsely accused, and for us sinners sentenced, save us, we pray thee, Jesus, our Redeemer. Hear us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have sinned against thee. For Sacred Heart Radio, I'm Dominican Father Henry Steffen. You can find your favorite EWTN programs available 24-7 with EWTN.com, clicking On Demand, featuring 50 new podcasts every week. That's EWTN.com, and click On Demand. It's 23 past. It's time for Bible Foods here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And as always, Sunrise Morning Show official mom, Rita Heikenfeld, joining us from AboutEating.com. Good morning, Rita. Well, Miss Annie, good morning. So nice to talk to you. It is so great to talk to you. And I am excited to get to talk about this topic, um, Mm -hmm. fasting bread, which... 
I hope a lot of folks sit up and listen to this because this can be so helpful uh, for us in this season of fasting and yet so delicious and nutritious as well. And uh, this has a, a long tradition in, in Catholic spirituality, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, um, and, and what folks have found out is it's a fasting bread when you fast on bread and water. It's really a good spiritual discipline, I think. Um, and it's, it's a way, I think, also, Annie, to connect with the meaning of Lent. Um, and I usually fast for a day at a time only. Some folks do it uh, longer. And what I always say is check with your medical care professional before you go on any kind of fast. Don't you think so? Oh, absolutely. But there is such deep spiritual significance, especially mm-hmm. in the time of Lent, as we are preparing ourselves to be able to celebrate the resurrection and the ascension and Pentecost. I mean, we're so early in Lent right now, those seem so far away. And yet this time to reorder our passions. And one of the the easiest passions to indulge in is food. We can overeat so easily. And so fasting just gets us right back into the 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 mode of of relying on the Lord and on our daily bread. But when it comes to eating bread and water alone, for instance, you mentioned the bread and water fast. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not talking about like the loaf of bread that I pick up at the grocery store, are we? No, not or, or croissants. First of all, <laughs> the fasting yeah. bread, it's not a light textured bread um, or even what we call fancy bread. It's uh, dense. And the reason it's dense, the purpose of it is what you just said, to provide nutrition uh, with some carbs and good proteins. And the the recipe that I'm sharing today is made with biblical ingredients, so every ingredient just about has biblical significance. So um, let's go through, why don't we go through some of the ingredients. You pick the ones you like the best, and then I'll give the recipe for the bread. Yeah, okay, so we've got, I'm going to go through all of them here. Flour, yeast, salt, olive oil, honey, fruits, and nuts. Um, I want to ask about the fruits and nuts, Uh, obviously the the biblical significance, but I don't know that many people think about putting fruit and nuts in bread all the time. You know, they don't, but the, the trend now is to put some healthy dried fruits like apricots, dried cranberries, dried cherries. Uh, raisins, which would be a good biblical fruit. And what this does, especially in a fasting bread, is offer some some good carbs and some flavor and a little bit of sweetness. And nuts, too. You know, nuts are full of good protein. And the thing is, though, if you have somebody who's got an allergy to nuts, just don't put them in. Mm-hmm. You um, And the same with the fruit. It's not that much. It's not going to change the bread that much. But it does, I think, augment it with more protein and some good carbs. And and it tastes better, too, especially if you're serving even some to kids with their um, breakfast. You know, it makes great toast. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like cranberry walnut bread. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So, so good. Um, Honey, of course, milk, the land of milk and honey. We Mm -hmm. talk about uh, the the promised land flowing with milk and honey. But um, you have some interesting symbolism to share about the honey. Yeah, when, when honey's warmed up, it's pretty thick on the, in the pantry. It flows very, very easily. And so when you make this bread, 
that flowing honey, it's really a reminder of how Jesus' blood flowed on the cross. Perfect for Lent, I think. Wow, absolutely. And as we look to our own spiritual lives in in this time of fasting, um, we have yeast and salt, which can be such great imagery when it comes to the spiritual life. Oh, yeah, yeast. Think about this. It, it's unifying. When you put yeast in bread, it makes everything come together, unifying many parts into one. And that's really a symbol of the kingdom of heaven and of the church. And then the salt, you know, when Christ said to, to his people, you are the salt of the earth. And when you put salt in yeast bread, Danny, it not only helps flavor, but it sort of tempers out the way the bread rises. It gives a real good balanced rise so it doesn't huh. over-rise. I'm going to be pondering that spiritually uh, <laughs> for, for the rest of the day here, Rita. Well, why don't you take us through this fasting bread recipe? Okay, and it's an overnight, no-need fruit and fasting bread. I've got it on my site, too. So basically, you're going to take a big bowl, and you're going to whisk together three cups of all-purpose flour, a cup of nuts, three-fourths uh, cup of fruit, dried fruit, um, and a couple teaspoons of salt, and about a half a teaspoon of yeast. And then all that together. And then you take some warm water, about one and a half cups of real warm water, Mix that with three tablespoons of honey, and you make a well in the, the dry ingredients. Then you pour that wet mixture in and just stir it up. It's going to be so sticky. It's not going to look like bread dough. And then you just cover that um, and leave it on the counter anywhere from 12 to 24 hours. Wow. Then, and then you just dump it out, um, knead it a little bit, and bake it up. And it is delicious, nice and dark on top crusty and moist in the center. I have pictures and the complete recipe on my site. And you can find her site, abouteating.com, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you so much, Rita Heikenfeld. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. A global security summit in Munich begins today. The wars in Gaza and Ukraine are expected to dominate the long weekend ahead. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky will be in attendance, along with other leaders from Israel and Palestine. Other world leaders in attendance include Vice President Kamala Harris of the United States and the German Chancellor as well. The United States has conducted a cyber attack against an Iranian military ship in the Red Sea. Yesterday, U.S. officials announced the U.S. carried out the attack last week as part of a government response to a drone strike from militias in Iraq that left Three U.S. soldiers dead. NBC reporting the operation was intended to cut off the ship's ability to share more information with Houthi militants in Yemen. Mortgage rates in the United States are jumping after a strong employment and inflation report. Lisa Taylor has more. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage averaged 6.77% this week. That's up from 6.64 the previous week, according to Freddie Mac data. It's still higher than a year ago when the average rate was just over 6.3%. Sam Cater, Freddie Mac's chief economist, said the economy has been performing well so far this year and rates may stay higher for longer, potentially slowing the spring home buying season. I'm Lisa Taylor. The FDA has recalled nearly 60 products containing contaminated dairy. A national outbreak of listeria has been linked to cheese, yogurt, and sour cream made by Rizzo Lopez Foods and sold under more than a dozen brand names. 
The recall has also been extended to salad kits, taco kits, and other products sold nationwide, including at Walmart, Costco, Whole Foods, and Trader Joe's. Those products either contain cheese made by Rizzo Lopez Foods or were processed on the same line. The outbreak is linked to two deaths and 23 hospitalizations. Greece has legalized the redefinition of marriage. The Greek parliament approved the bill yesterday, which allows same-sex couples to get civilly married and adopt children. Greece is now one of the first Orthodox Christian countries to allow same-sex unions. The church was strongly opposed to the bill. The Vatican yesterday released the Pope's message for the next World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly, which takes place this summer, under the theme, Do Not Cast Me Off in My Old Age. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. According to a press release from the Dicastery for Laity, Family, and Life, it is meant to call attention to the fact that loneliness is the bitter lot in life of many elderly persons, so often the victims of our throwaway culture. In his message, Pope Francis will draw on the verse from Psalm 71 that depicts the plea of an elderly person who reflects on the story of their friendship with God. By cherishing the charisms of grandparents and the elderly and the contribution they make to the life of the church, reads the statement, the World Day seeks to support the efforts of every ecclesial community to forge bonds between the generations and to combat loneliness. Cardinal Kevin Farrell, Prefect of the Dicastery for Laity, Family, and Life, expressed his gratitude to the Pope for highlighting the loneliness endured by many elderly people. Faced with this reality, he said, families in the ecclesial community are called to be at the forefront in promoting a culture of encounter, to create spaces for sharing and listening, and to offer support and affection. This, he added, is how the love of the gospel becomes concrete. Loneliness, admitted the Cardinal Prefect, is an unavoidable condition of human life as well as an invitation to turn to God the Father for comfort. As Christians, said Cardinal Farrell, the World Day dedicated to grandparents and the elderly calls us to put aside our throwaway culture and show tenderness and affectionate attention to the most fragile members of our communities. The 2024 World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly takes place in the year of prayer, which Pope Francis has called to help Catholics prepare for the 2025 Jubilee. The Pope established the World Day in 2021 to take place on the fourth Sunday of July, near the liturgical feast of Saints Joachim and Anne, the grandparents of Jesus. I'm Devin Watkins. The largest 40 Days for Life campaign has gotten underway this week on Ash Wednesday. It runs through Palm Sunday, March 24th, with pro-lifers praying and keeping vigil outside abortion clinics in 656 cities worldwide. The organization says they've seen more than 24,000 lives saved since its inception in 2007. You can find a location near you at 40daysforlife.com. It's 35 Pat. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com.
mysticmonks.com. If you're switching from coffee to tea for Lent, the Mystic Monks have got you covered with a dozen options from your usual Darjeeling and Earl Grey to more exotic flavors like lemongrass mint and blossoming jasmine. Whether you're buying tea or coffee, you can support the Sunrise Morning Show by earning us a commission on your purchase when you click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. While you're there, browse the Sunrise Morning Show mugs and etched travel mugs in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee and tea at sonrisemorningshow.com. This is Every Day with St. Francis de Sales. Love is the life of our heart. All our affections follow our love. According to it, we desire, rejoice, hope, despair, take heart, hate, feel sadness or aversion, grow angry, and exult. We see how men who have given their hearts as prey to a base, ignoble love of women desire only what goes with such love. Hence, when divine love reigns in our hearts, like a king it brings into subjection all other loves possessed by the will. It is the saving water of which our Lord has said, Whoever drinks the water I give him will never be thirsty. For Sacred Heart Radio, this is Father Chris Armstrong. It's 37 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to have you along with us on this Friday after Ash Wednesday. Don't forget, you say no to the bacon on your breakfast sandwich today. No to the sausage. It is a day of abstinence from meat. Sunrise Morning Show legal, political, and sometimes cultural analyst Ken Craycraft is joining us again. He's a professor at Mount St. Mary's Seminary, writes for the Catholic Telegraph and our Sunday visitor. He's got a book coming out soon, too. Ken, what's the name of the book again? The book is called Citizens Yet Strangers, and the subtitle is Living Authentically Catholic in a Divided America. And yes, it's uh, March 11th, so we're just a few weeks away from the release date. Dude, I cannot wait to get to talk to you about that (laughs) book. Me too. It's going to be so much fun to hopefully go through it a little bit. Um, But today we are going to be talking about the He Gets Us campaign, folks, probably quite familiar with it, at least if they're uh, NFL football fans. They had another Super Bowl ad this year. Um, It seemed like they were AI-generated images of people washing other people's feet. And, you know, like they seemed like they would, quote, unquote, traditionally hate each other. And we'll we'll get to the, the, the ad specifically here in a minute. But before we get to the ad, can you give us just a little bit of background about this He Gets Us campaign? Yeah, it's been going on for a few years. And um, those people who watch, well, at least at least people who watch sporting events might see a lot of them because I watch a lot of sporting events and mm-hmm. I see a lot of these ads. Yeah. And they, they, typically, they typically are ads in which it challenges people to, uh, as their website says, uh, embrace the story of Christ, or uh, or at least look, you know look into the story of Jesus, as they like to say. And um, it, it's really not clear exactly who's behind the ads. Uh, there's no denominational references. There's no any kind mm-hmm. of identification. It's just the organization he gets us. Now, if you look at their website, it does say that they have 
they are um, sponsored or founded uh, sponsored by uh, another organization, but that organization itself doesn't have a website. So it's it's very difficult to to figure out what's going on here. But in general, they are a, a somewhat vague but consistent uh, series of ads that kind of challenge people to. Uh, do things uh, in public in the public service area, not to fight with each other, to be reconciled to one another, uh, and and just generally to to be nice and not to be judgmental. And I will say before we look at this particular ad, one of the, one of the ironies that I find with this whole campaign, uh, because they do they do really emphasize that people are too judgmental, is that the ads are extremely judgmental, know, including right? a couple, of, <laughs> including, including a couple of images in the Super Bowl ad this year. Yeah, and, and I know that they've they've reached out to you a couple of times that uh, we've talked off the oh, air they've wanted uh, to do about wanting yeah. to be on mm-hmm. yeah and it just wasn't it just didn't seem right and 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 ha- uh, looking at the ad from the super bowl i agree that it just there's something just not right about the the organization uh and its aims and, and about the ads too i i will say this annie about this particular ad before we get to it um they say on their website uh and it's been affirmed by third-party sources that these are actually photographs they're they're oh, high, they are they're real. highly oh, artistic okay, photographs Photographs. Yeah. yeah, they are actually, uh, you know, staged photographs, of course, sure. and and highly, you know, edited and enhanced. But they are actual photographs of actual okay. people. Well, that's um, good. And uh, yeah. Good. Thank you for clearing that up. I, I shouldn't have accused them of AI generated images without <laughs> knowing that for sure. So I, I'm glad that you you made that correction there. But let's talk a little bit more about this latest Super Bowl ad, uh, you know, people washing each other's feet. Uh, how does that not get Jesus when, of course, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples? Yeah, and of course, you're referring to the title of my piece, which is the popular He Gets a Super Bowl ad doesn't get Jesus. Yeah, um, and, and if it, and uh, folks watching the video feed, Travis is uh, showing some of the images that were on the uh, the Super oh, Bowl good. ad. So just in case folks want to tune in and see what we're talking about if they didn't watch the Super Bowl. Go ahead, Ken. Sorry. Yeah, so there's this series of images, and there's no there's no narration. There's only music b- uh, beneath them, and at the end, it just flashes on the screen in in big and bit in uh, bold and uh, uppercase letters. Jesus didn't teach hate, and hate flashes yellow. He washed feet, and feet uh, flashes uh, flashes yellow, and then it just says he gets us all of us. And the images, as you say, just to describe a few, I'm glad that uh, pe- if people are watching the video stream, they can see them. But for example, there's an oil field worker uh, who's washing the feet of an environmental activist against the backdrop of, of an oil field. And, and it's, you know, it's oil derricks and, you know, it doesn't look very nice. And, you know, it's it's the the images, the oil field worker who's made this mess is washing the feet of the protesters. So two people who wouldn't like each other. An, another with a similar scene is a, a rancher who's washing the feet of a Native American. So the image, of course, is that the rancher is on ground that probably the Native American would have a claim to. Uh, mm-hmm. And another, a woman washes the feet of another woman in a family planning family planning clinic. And this is the one, uh, Annie, that I said uh, is, is that among others, is somewhat judgmental. Yeah. Because what you see is a woman in front of a, a building that says family planning clinic on the on the side. And of course, we know that's an abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the woman is washing the feet of a very young woman who may or may not be pregnant. It's not really clear looking at her. I think that's deliberate. But in the background, milling around with signs, anti-abortion signs, are some people who, who uh, uh, by the structure and the construction of the photograph are indifferent to 
both the, the woman who's having her feet washed and the one washing the feet. And, and I, I think that's unfair to uh, to people who uh, who are against abortion, because that's we are not indifferent to the plight of women. Absolutely. Um, and in another in another a woman is uh, who's not a Muslim, apparently, because she's uh, not dressed like it is uh, washing the feet of a woman who has uh, uh, a uh, has uh, a Muslim uh, garb and apparently is a Muslim, while the, the non-Muslim woman is in the background looking suspiciously at her his his wife apparently washing the feet of this Muslim woman. There's a Catholic priest washing the feet of a person who's either transgender or or an effeminate man. It's not really clear. Uh, there's uh, another of a woman wash, washing the feet of a woman who's on the floor in a in a in a filthy kitchen strewn with empty and half empty liquor bottles. Clearly an alcoholic. And there's another where someone's washing the feet of a person in an alley uh, with uh, needles everywhere. And clearly uh, the Im image is that the person whose feet is being washed is, is a drug addict and so forth. The images, the images are, are, are well done. Uh, they are very much enhanced, which is why they look AI. Uh, but there's something missing about the images and there's something missing about He Gets Us, which spurred me to write, spurred me to write this piece. Yeah, and I just have to say, well, for one thing, I wish I had somebody to bankroll a Sunrise Morning Show Super Bowl ad to get that kind of attention. The yeah, seven um, million dollars. Oh 30 my seconds. gosh! I tell you yeah. what, but yeah, it it as I'm listening to you talk about this, it just occurred to me. It seems like it's because you were saying that this is it's kind of unclear who is really behind this, and I feel like it's non-Christians who think they get Christians but don't yeah. really get Christianity. And 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 it's like, is it is it the Chesterton quote? Like people hate what they think is the church. They don't actually hate yeah. the church. I, I feel yeah. like that's there's just something missing here that, that really that's doesn't a, get Jesus. Jesus mm -hmm. gets us, but mm -hmm. we don't get Jesus. That's that's a really, really good observation, Annie, and it's one that I really agree with. And again, it's why I wrote this piece, because that's exactly the feeling that I get. Uh, it's 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 someone it's a, a group of people who have decided that Jesus is all of the things that they think Jesus is. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're not like this, then you're not following the story of Jesus. But it leaves out quite a bit. Uh, and, and I think that's that's really problematic. And, and it's problematic for a number of reasons. You know, Annie, it actually reminds me I didn't put this in the piece, but afterwards I thought it actually reminds me of the so-called social gospel movement of the early mm. 20th century, people like Walter Rauschenbusch and Harry Emerson Fosdick, in which they, uh, and, and Albert Schweitzer, The Search for the Real Jesus, where they, they sort of backed away from any claims of particularity that Jesus made, but saw Jesus just as a as a teacher who you should follow and you should love each other. And, Hippie and, Birkenstock and wearing Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and so I so you could go to the piece and see the the rest of the analysis, but uh, I, I really think that's the, the the key, Annie. They really don't get to the essence of who Jesus is. They they make Jesus into an idea rather than a person, mm -hmm. and uh, they don't demand demand uh, conversion, which of course Jesus uh, commands. Exactly, that's the real point here. And um, yeah, it's a great piece over at OurSundayVisitor.com that you can find from. Ken Craycraft. And Ken, really appreciate you coming on to, to talk about it this morning. Thank you. Thanks, Annie. Appreciate it. You bet. All right. It is 13 till and Father Hezekiah Carnazzo joins us next. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? 
Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save, 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare, 844-334-3245. Giving up coffee for Lent? Look no further than the Mystic Monks for a great selection of their Mystica tea to get you through the season. And when you shop their site for tea or coffee, after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, check out our online store where you can purchase Sunrise Morning Show mugs and travel mugs. Find our mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee and Tea at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Editor-in-Chief of the National Catholic Register, and together with Matthew Bunsen, I co-host Register Radio, where every week we talk to the Register's writers and editors about the news you need to know and offer authentic Catholic insight on the important stories that impact your life. Join us for Register Radio, Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern and Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern, here on EWTN Global Catholic Radio. On the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Hezekiah Carnazzo from the Institute of Catholic Culture, here to preview the readings for the first Sunday of Lent. Good morning, Father. Good morning. Blessing to be with you and your listeners today, Annie. It is a blessing to have you back. And our first reading this weekend is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 9. And it's basically the story of God establishing his covenant with Noah and his descendants. And I guess my question on this, Father, is what in the world does Noah have to do with Lent? Oh, I love that question. I love the book of Genesis. I love the story of Noah and the flood. And, uh, you know, Annie, you and I get into this in depth in our Sunday Gospel Reflection at the Institute of Catholic Culture. So if anyone wants to dive a little deeper, come visit us at instituteofcatholicculture.org. Suffice it to say that, that Noah here is what we might call a prefigurement of Jesus in so many ways. But I know our time is limited. The primary focus here is Noah's fleeing from the passions of this world. The world has been consumed, if you will, has been totally, what we call in modern terms, totally secularized. And, uh, and, and this is the, the, the reason for the flood. Man has turned his back on God, and when he turned his back on God, he turned to himself. And his own self-indulgence, and then and and the result of that, of course, is death. And in the story of the flood, that death happens in the waters of the flood. The waters in the ancient world, and in biblical terms, be, is understood to be a, a symbolic tomb in which the sinful man is, is, is dies and is buried, uh, and then and therefore becomes a symbol of baptism, a shadow or a preparation for Christian baptism. But Noah here flees those passions of this world, flees the temptations of this life 
And he, with his family, and the created order that has not been abused by man, and I think that's fundamentally important when we're talking about Jesus's temptation in the desert in the gospel, is that Noah here interacts with creation as God had planned. The ark, as the fathers of the church tell us, is a symbol not only of the church, but looking forward, but also a symbol of paradise. Of course, the church is a restoration of the, of the Garden of Eden, the restoration of paradise, the way things are supposed to be. The ark here becomes that symbol and a restoration of the garden in which mankind is preserved, saved, protected against the waves of the passions of this life symbolized by the waters of the flood. So here, Noah prefigures Christ fleeing for 40 days into the safety of the ark. I encourage all of your listeners to go back and read the story of the flood in light of, in light of the story of Christ and what he does for us. And then I think there's much fruit to be gained from, from from a reading in that way, a spiritual reading. Yeah, absolutely. So we have 40 days on the waters, and then in the gospel, Jesus's 40 days in the desert. We go from the water to the desert, where Jesus is is tempted by Satan. So many similarities, actually, when, when you look at the two of them, Jesus fasting for 40 days, of course, food being a major yeah. passion of human beings. Yeah, not, not only that, remember the, the, the temptation of the desert comes right on the heels of the story of the baptism. And so Jesus is baptized. Sinful man dies in the waters of the Jordan River, buried in the, in the waters of the Jordan River. And Jesus comes forth from those waters, man fully restored in the image and likeness of God. And now Jesus is, is put in the Gospels not only as the fulfillment of Noah, but ultimately the fulfillment of of Adam. Remember, it was God who placed the first fast upon Adam in paradise, saying they are not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was Adam who who did not observe that fast and instead indulged in order to become on his own like God apart from God. And now Jesus, having been baptized in say, the primordial waters of the Jordan, symbolized by the waters of the flood in the story of Noah, Jesus now comes forth, man fully restored, and now becomes hungry like Adam was and does what Adam failed to do. And in that way, not only is a new Noah, but is a new Adam. It's an incredible thing. And when you look at the responsorial psalm, the last verse that we have says, Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice, and he teaches the humble his way. This from Psalm 25, the Lord teaching us in his time in the desert how we should be spending our 40 days. Yeah, yeah an invitation. The story of the temptation is an invitation to all of us. The story of Noah, an invitation to all of us during this time of the fast to set aside the things which are created good, but which have become for us a temptation towards self-indulgence, which is why fasting has always been part of the ascetical practice of the Church, not only on Ash Wednesday, not only on Good Friday, but throughout the time of the Lenten journey, uh, to set aside meat and, and wine and things like that that would become normal for us and expected for us to sustain our earthly bodies, and yet we become in some sense so addicted to them and we forget that our purpose in this life is not to sustain our bodies, but to sustain our spirit and to rise up to the glory of God, to set aside these things 
so that we may not be tempted to see them as an end in themselves and as for the purpose of our own self-indulgence. And of course, it's always, you know, on a Friday that I'm really craving a cheeseburger, particularly during Lent. But I think this gospel reading, the the story of Jesus going into the desert and being tempted, we shouldn't be surprised that the temptations will increase when we're fasting. They will. There's a balance. You know, I oftentimes think it seems like our, our temptations, our sins, our passions come kind of simmering to the surface during Lent. But I wonder if they're already there. And we're just seeing more clearly the reality of our own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we just encourage people, take Lent seriously. No matter what, whether you took Ash Wednesday seriously, whether you've been taking Lent seriously, maybe you haven't. Wherever you're at in the spiritual life, take a step toward Christ today so that uh, you may not continue to walk down that road of temptation, rather the road of glory to the kingdom of God, which must always pass through the cross. No one will rise from the dead who has not first died as Christ. We've been talking to Father Hezekiah's Carnazzo. And Father, you mentioned our Bible studies based on the Sunday readings. And I know the ICC has a lot of uh, Lenten opportunities for folks. Where can they Where can they find Absolutely. out about them? Absolutely. org. You want to grow in the faith this Lent? You want to grow in your knowledge of the Lord? That you can grow in your love of God uh, and your love of the church? Come visit us, instituteofcatholicculture.org. Linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you, Father. Another hour of the Sunrise Morning Show up next for most of our affiliates. Arise, it's a new day. Hear his word, let us pray. The Sunrise Morning Show. We're continuing our way on this Friday, February the 16th, the Friday after Ash Wednesday. God himself will set me free from the hunter's snare. Let us pray to Christ, our Savior, who redeemed us by his death and resurrection in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy on us. You went up to Jerusalem to suffer and so enter into your glory. Bring your church to the Passover feast of heaven. You were lifted high on the cross and pierced by the soldier's lance. Heal our wounds. You made the cross the tree of life. Give its fruit to those reborn in baptism. On the cross, you forgave the repentant thief. Forgive us our sins. Lord, with your loving care, guide the penance we have begun. Help us to persevere with love and sincerity. Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, and welcome to Hour 2 of the Sunrise Morning Show here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Anna Mitchell, coming to you from the studios of Sacred Heart Catholic Radio in Cincinnati, Ohio. Paul Lockman. At the controls for us, Travis Smith has a video feed up and running. If you would like to watch the Sunrise Morning Show, you can find a link to YouTube and Facebook over at our website, sunrisemorningshow.com. Up this hour, Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo will kick it off, uh, reflecting on the question that Jesus poses to his mother in John chapter 2 during the wedding at Cana. 
We will talk about Lent with Marlon De La Torre from knowingisdoing.org. Bobby Schindler has some uh, encouraging news to remind us, as he so often does, about just how incredible the brain is at healing itself when it's given some time. And uh, he's got several stories to share with us on that front as uh, his mission, of course, is to protect the medically vulnerable. Then we will wrap things up for the day with Father Jonathan Duncan from the Diocese of Charleston to take a look at the readings for the first Sunday of Lent coming up this weekend. Right now it's three minutes past and news is a service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. The Global Security Summit in Munich begins today. The wars in Gaza and Ukraine are expected to dominate the long weekend ahead. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky will be in attendance along with leaders from Israel and Palestine and Vice President Kamala Harris as well as the German Chancellor. Victims of the Kansas City Super Bowl victory rally shooting were remembered last night in a candlelight vigil. Wednesday's mass shooting left one woman dead, a local Catholic parishioner, and almost two dozen others injured, including many children. Community and faith leaders joined the friends and families of those impacted to show their support. Authorities say they believe the tragedy stemmed from a personal dispute and was not a deliberate attack on the event. Archbishop Joseph Nauman of the Diocese of, of the Archdiocese of Kansas City and Kansas released a statement saying, our prayers and deepest, deepest condolences go out to the family of Lisa Lopez Galvan. We are surrounding her family with our love and support. She was a beloved member of our faith community. He said, our prayers and deepest sympathies are with her family during this sorrowful time. In other news, the FDA has recalled nearly 60 products containing contaminated dairy. Lisa Taylor has more. A national outbreak of listeria has been linked to cheese, yogurt, and sour cream made by Rizzo Lopez Foods and sold under over a dozen brand names. The recall has also been extended to salad kits, taco kits, and other products sold nationwide, including at Walmart, Costco, Whole Foods, and Trader Joe's. Those products either contain cheese made by Rizzo Lopez Foods or were processed on the same line. The outbreak is linked to two deaths and 23 hospitalizations. I'm Lisa Taylor. President Biden will travel to East Palestine, Ohio today, more than a year after a train derailment spilled toxic chemicals into the community. The White House says Biden will meet with residents affected by the Norfolk Southern train derailment and assess recovery efforts. Greece has legalized the redefinition of marriage. The Greek parliament approved a bill yesterday that allows same-sex couples to get civilly married and to adopt children. Greece is now one of the first Orthodox Christian countries to allow same-sex unions. The church was strongly opposed to the bill. Pope Francis welcomed members of the Diaconia of Beauty Association yesterday, encouraging them to be cantors of harmony. From Vatican Radio, from Vatican Radio, Joseph Tollick reports. 
In his address to Diakonia members, the Holy Father reflected on the group's event-oriented focus aimed at helping artists to re-establish a fruitful dialogue with the Church through meetings, concerts, performances and similar events. The Pope went on to speak about the spiritual dimension of their work, highlighting their vocation of helping artists to create a bridge between heaven and earth. He explained, You want to awaken in them the search for the truth, because beauty invites us to a different way of being in the world. Pope Francis praised the group for their fruitful apostolate, marked by the establishment of artist residencies throughout the world. Your challenge, he said, is to bring out the beauty that is hidden in artists, whose lives are often marked by loneliness and suffering, so that they, in turn, can become apostles of this beauty that generates life, hope, and a thirst for happiness between different peoples, cultures, and religions. In the context of a world marred by violence of all kinds, he said, we need men and women capable of making us dream of a different, beautiful world. At the same time, the Pope highlighted the urgent need to recreate harmony between humanity and the environment, insisting that art is a very powerful medium to convey the message of nature's beauty. The culture of beauty constantly sets us in motion, Pope Francis said in conclusion. Encountering God's beauty allows us to start again, to begin again, on the journey toward more humane and fraternal societies. I'm Joseph Tullock. And the Navy is making several changes to their appearance guidelines. Female sailors are now allowed to wear women's T-shirts and to wear false eyelashes and eyelash extensions. The Navy is also getting rid of a rule against sailors having their hands in their pockets, which had previously been covered under uniform regulations. Union Tribune reports sailors made the request, seeing some of those rules as restrictive. Eyelash extensions. Not something that I ever considered. I don't know. I do wear mascara. I don't know if you can see it on the video feed, but I got some on. I don't know. Anyway. Today is Friday, February the 16th. Friday after Ash Wednesday. Remember, no bacon, no sausage on those breakfast sandwiches this morning. No ham. No meat today, a day of abstinence on this uh, Friday after Ash Wednesday. Right now, it's eight past. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo. We've been reflecting on his reflections on questions of the Lord in his book, A God Who Questions. Good morning, Dr. DeLorenzo. Good morning, Annie. So the question we will ponder today is one that Jesus poses to his mother in John chapter 2. Here it is. On the third day, there was a marriage at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus was also invited to the marriage with his disciples. When the wine failed, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, O woman, what have you to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And it goes on from there. Of course, we know the story of the wine that was the choice wine brought out from those six stone jars. Um, But this question, O woman, what have you to do with me? My hour has not yet come. I mean, it's a short, shall we say, terse conversation between him and his mother, at least initially, feels kind of uncomfortable, doesn't it? It does, and it's uh, really pointed. So the question of Jesus's time is, in fact, the bigger question here. In all of John's Gospels, building dramatically 
towards the appointed hour, towards the appointed time. And if you were reading through, let's say, the gospel the first time and you had not come across the revelation of Jesus Christ, you might be wondering, what is this hour? What happens mm -hmm. when the time comes? And by the end of the gospel, we see that this is the period, the full disclosure of the glory of the Father in and through the obedience of the Son, who ultimately suffers the consequences of obedience to the Father and is raised to eternal life. So everything about Jesus in John's gospel, by his own testimony, is waiting for the appointed hour, for the time for the disclosure of the Father's glory. So in response to Mary here, he says, you know, how does your concern affect me? Or uh, what to me and to you? Or what have you to do with me? Uh, these are different translations of the question he asks because my hour has not come yet. And it really puts this point of tension here between Mary and Jesus. Mary, who in the beginning of this episode is the real focal point of the action, she is focused on. And then the transition is this question where Jesus, of course, takes over the action. But this pivot, this hinge of this question really holds us, if we're paying attention, in suspense about what's going on. Yeah, his hour has not yet come, but if you're following along in John in these first couple of chapters, you see that he's mentioning the day, like, you know, the first day and the next day and the next day. And then it <laughs> says on the third day, which when you do the math means that this wedding at Cana is happening on the seventh day. That's kind of interesting, mm. isn't it? It is indeed. And what we're seeing here in John's gospel, you know, the end of the first chapter uh, speaks of the coming of the signs of the Son of God. And the signs will be the indications of the revelation of his glory, the full revelation at his appointed hour in and through his path and passion, death, and resurrection. But the end of the first chapter, time is moving in this way, is the anticipation of the signs. So here what we get, we're at the very beginning of the second chapter. This is the first of the signs. There will be seven signs in John's gospel. Uh, the first part of the gospel is the book of signs, and then it moves into the book of glory, where mm. we transition into the passion. So time is being reckoned according to, you can almost say vertically, it's being reckoned vertically according to the obedience of the Son to the Father and the revelation of the Father's glory through the Son for the life of the world. And so as we reckon time more horizontally from beginning to end, moving, you could say, left to right, that is being troubled and you could almost say assumed into the vertical time of the obedience of mm. the Son to the Father. Wow. Well, the fact that Mary immediately after this question says to the servants, <laughs> do whatever he tells mm -hmm. you. Um, I mean, I think that indicates there's much more going on in this conversation between the two of them than what meets the eye. Indeed. And I think, you know, we we shouldn't pass over uh, just paying close attention to Mary's actions here. They're simple, but they're decisive and important. The first thing is she notices, she recognizes the problem, that which is lacking, that which requires some kind of redress. She's the one who notices it. Uh, there are many other guests at this wedding, but nobody else either seems to notice early enough, and certainly nobody else really does anything about it. So the first thing she does is she notices. The second thing she does is she goes to her son to bring forth this problem, this plea, this petition. There is no wine. And his response, which seems, as we're pointing out, a little bit like a pushback, her response to that is, well, do whatever he tells you. In other words, 
his initiative is the initiative that will count now. I have done my part. I've seen the problem. I have brought it to him. In some ways, her role is fulfilled by recognizing and bringing the petition. Now the point is to follow his word in obedience to him. Mm. And remember what we're saying about obedience. His obedience is to the Father. So her obedience to him is aligning with his obedience to the Father. Wow. It's just such an incredible story. Um, and in fact, when you know a little bit, and and I didn't know this myself, just from, from reading and studying others who have written about this episode, you learn that contrary to what we are used to here in American culture, where it's the bride's family that throws the party at the wedding, um, in Jesus's time in Jewish culture, it's the bridegroom who who is meant to provide the party for for all of those at a wedding feast. And so Mary is basically inviting Jesus to take the place of the bridegroom here. And um, and it sounds initially, at least, that Jesus is going against his better judgment, I guess you could say. I mean, like he's saying, well, this isn't my appointed time, um, but we know that it can't be the case that Jesus would go against his better judgment, right? I mean, God doesn't change his mind, does he? And this is really the key point of tension here. His hour has not come yet, and it seems here like he's acting before his hour. Wouldn't that mean that he is going against his father's will? He's sort of taking a break, you could say, from that primary obedience, the mission of his entire life, which is to fulfill his father's will. And in that case, we could just see, well, he changes the water into wine, which is the obvious sign here. Like, that's the spectacle. That's the thing we marvel at. And not only is it wine that just sort of passes for okay, it's, of course, the choicest wine that everybody, including and especially the head steward, marvels at. But in addition to the water being changed into wine, there's something I think even more perhaps significant, a little bit more hidden here, which is that if we take Jesus for who he has been presented to be and who eventually is revealed to be, the Son of the Father, the one who heeds his Father's will, what do we see here? We see that the will of the Father, divine power, is powerful enough to listen to the needs of his creatures. And so we see that divine power is not opposed to human power, but rather divine power is expressed in this humility to receive a need and respond to it. And I think this is perhaps the hidden marvel. It's hidden because we we might not recognize it at first because we're so attracted to the water changing into wine. The hidden marvel is that the God of the universe heeds the needs of his creatures. The Son of God follows and obeys the will of his mother. And so we see that God allows Mary to become a cause of this good deed. Not the primary cause, it's God's work, but her petition is enfolded into God's work. And so the healing that comes, she has a part in. That tells us something about the dignity and importance of our own prayers. Amen to that. Thank you so much, Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo. You can find A God Who Questions linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Headlines up next. It's 17 past. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? 
Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. If you're switching from coffee to tea for Lent, the Mystic Monks have got you covered with a dozen options from your usual Darjeeling and Earl Grey to more exotic flavors like lemongrass mint and blossoming jasmine. Whether you're buying tea or coffee, you can support the Sunrise Morning Show by earning us a commission on your purchase when you click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. While you're there, browse the Sunrise Morning Show mugs and etched travel mugs in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee and tea at sonrisemorningshow.com. EWTN is everywhere. EWTN radio programming is provided free of charge to over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio stations. It's a great teaching tool for Catholics and non-Catholics alike. For a complete list of EWTN AM and FM stations across America, visit EWTNradio.net. At the bottom of the page, click Affiliates. EWTN is the Global Catholic Network. Are you using the latest version of the Sacred Heart Radio app? Well, by updating or reinstalling the Sacred Heart Radio app, you get the upgraded features like the daily... Well, you should download the Sacred Heart Radio app, which is also the Sunrise Morning Show app. S-O-N-RiseMorningShow.com. You can uh, get lots of cool features from us here at Sacred Heart Radio in Cincinnati. Let's take a look at headlines. The Global Security Summit in Munich begins today with the wars in the Holy Land and Ukraine expected to dominate the long weekend. Greece has become one of the first Orthodox Christian countries in the world to allow same-sex unions. And the Vatican released the Pope's message for the next World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly under the theme, Do Not Cast Me Off in My Old Age. Next newscast at the bottom of the hour in about 10 minutes from now as the Sunrise Morning Show continues. I said it last hour and I will say it again as we look at that theme, Do Not Cast Me Off in My Old Age. If you are a young woman considering a religious vocation, please check out the Little Sisters of the Poor. I would love to see that order thriving and just booming with vocations. So go check out the Little Sisters of the Poor and uh, and their charism. It's 21 past. Subscribe to get the Sunrise Morning Show show notes. When you subscribe, the show notes arrive in your inbox weekday mornings with the list of featured guests, books, articles, and websites we'll discuss. And then you'll also get the podcast with markers to quickly find and hear an interview again or to see the Sunrise Morning Show on video. So to know when your favorite guests are on, 
go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click subscribe. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. O sacred heart of Jesus, I place my trust in thee. O sacred heart of Jesus, I place my trust in thee. Whatever may befall me, Lord, though dark the hour may be, in all my woes, in all my joys, though naught but grief I see, O sacred heart of Jesus, I place my trust in thee. When those I loved have passed away, and I am sore distressed, O sacred heart of Jesus, I fly to thee for rest. In all my trials, great or small, my confidence shall be, Unshaken as I cry, dear Lord, I place my trust in Thee. This is my one sweet prayer, dear Lord, my faith, my trust, my love. But most of all, in that last hour, when death points up above, O sweet Savior, may Thy face smile on my soul all free. Oh, may I cry with rapturous love, I place my trust in Thee. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Marlon De La Torre from the Diocese of Columbus. He's got a website called knowingisdoing.org where he reflects on all kinds of catechetical realities. Marlon, good morning. Good morning. Good luck. Well, we always talk about those three pillars of like prayer, fasting, and mm-hmm. almsgiving. Uh, but I don't think we talk enough about why. Like, what's the mm-hmm. point of it? I mean, what are these things Correct. directing us toward? They're not just practices that we take up in an ab- abstract sense. We don't just <clears> give up chocolate. <throat> for mm-hmm. cultural reasons, these things mm-hmm. are supposed to direct us towards Christ, right? Correct. I think one of the things we tend to forget in giving up something or taking on a, a spiritual challenge or an endeavor is an awareness of our Lord in our in our daily life. I think that that's, first and foremost, the, the whole premise of the Lenten season is what Christ did, uh, how he came, why he came, why he's the incarnate word, how he's so integral in our life. Uh, to grow in the sense of holiness and sanctity. Without him, really, our, our life can be very, very plain, very blasé, and uh, or non-existent spiritually. And so the, the whole entryway into Lent and why there's there's a fitting component to the Lenten season when it comes to Passion Sunday is that we, we want to walk into his awareness and who he is in our daily life, and not just pray to him or know that he's somewhat there, but really intently immerse ourselves into his love and why he did what he did for us. I think sometimes that misses the mark or we tend to forget just the whole premise of who he is and why he is both uh, son, father, savior, redeemer. Well, and if we understand that reality, we approach Lent and these questions of prayer and fasting and almsgiving, we approach them with different questions on our heart, right? Mm-hmm. If, I, if that's the reality, my question is not... Uh, all right, so technically, how much am I allowed to have in the two snacks uh, mm-hmm. in comparison with the one meal that I'm allowed to have on Ash Wednesday and on Good Friday, and mm-hmm. what what counts as meat? Instead, I'm saying, Lord, what can I offer you for all that you have given to me? You say the mm-hmm. word, and I'm in. <laughs> you know, It's a different kind of attitude. 
Correct, because he's literally he he's that foundation. Basically, he's that belt. He he's that that, that poured concrete, so to speak, that basically allows us to stand firm and not swivel and not sway back and forth. He's the one that lays this particular pathway for us. And if we focus on that first, if we see uh, what his aim was: one, to open the gates of heaven; two, destroy the works of the devil; three, to give us hope for heaven. And those are powerful areas that we can reflect on, regardless of whether we can eat this or that or giving up chocolate or anything else of that nature. That really is insignificant when it comes to Lent. It's really how do I firmly establish every step I take during this Lenten season to know him more intimately? What do I need to do to understand why he bore this cross and how do I carry my own cross in love with him? I think those are things that are even more important for us as uh, as disciples, as children of God. And really, it may sound daunting, but it's actually quite simple. When you just focus on those elements, everything else becomes insignificant when you see what he can do for you and how you could somehow surrender yourself daily to him. And I think that's part of the journey is how, how much more can I surrender to you, Lord? What can I give up uh, in terms of my own sin, my own human pleasure to really seek yours? This is what I desire the most, and, and that really puts everything else into perspective. I believe. I, yeah, it's it's absolutely true, and it's why when we give something up, uh, we're not. I mean, if we pick a, a thing that we're not going <laughs> to do for these <laughs> days of Lent, we don't pick a sin that we're not going to do. I'm I'm not going to be like, I'm going to give up kicking puppies for Lent. I shouldn't be doing that anyway, <laughs> right? Yes, uh, it's Correct. something that we do love, or something we yes. do enjoy, or do appreciate. Uh, we are laying those things before Christ and saying, I love this, but I love you more, <laughs> right? I mean, it's Absolutely. a way to say that. Correct. And one of the things that I've told people, somebody asked me, what's the best thing you can do during Lent? I would say just give him his time. Give your time to him. And when you give your time to him and you allow him just to speak to you, just in silence, or, or increase your prayer time, whatever that may be, give yourself to him in time. If you offer time to him, uh, there's be abundance of graces that will flow from our Lord to you. And just listening to him, everything else, again, becomes insignificant. But I think the gift of time breaks apart that, that distance that we create from our Lord. It, it really brings us into a tendency to seek him more and not be tempted by those sins, the majority probably being venial or those that could be somewhat serious. But if you give your time to him, I think that's the greatest thing you can do during the season because then uh, the Passion Sunday event makes sense. Then Holy Week makes sense because now you understand why uh, time is of, of an essence, especially for our soul to be with him in heaven. Well, I don't want to put a challenge out there in terms of that time because I know there are a lot of people yeah. who have parishes that do fish fries or like yeah. my parish, we do a Lenten soup supper uh, on mm -hmm. Fridays where we have, mm -hmm. you know, some meatless soup options and we get to hear a talk. Yeah. But I would guarantee you that most of those parishes that have those Friday fish fries, in conjunction with that fish fry, they have stations at the cross over at the parish. Yep. I would challenge some of you who just go for the fish and the French fries mm -hmm. and the cheese pizza to walk over to the parish uh, mm -hmm. as part of that and spend that time. Don't just grab the fish and go home. Go, go over to be part of that stations at the cross and, and see how it hits you and do it multiple times. Uh, if you're able, if your schedule allows, uh, to really understand, you know, what it is that we're doing as we walk with Christ on the Via Dolorosa, as we journey with him in the desert towards, as you just mm. said, you know, the Palm Sunday of our Lord's Passion, and eventually the Easter miracle. Marlon De La Torre, we've got you linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you, as always. Have a wonderful day. You too, Matt. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Thank you so much, Marlon De La Torre. Thank you, Matt. Hopefully Matt 
Matt should be back on Monday with us. He left us with that conversation with Marlon. Um, but he's sick, so say a prayer for uh, his quick recovery over the weekend because I sure miss him. Anyway, you can find all of our guests linked in the show notes at sonrisemorningshow.com with Matt out sick. They are not quite as uh, technically savvy as they usually are because I'm the one that has to put them together when Matt's gone. Matt knows what he's doing on WordPress or whatever is the program that we use. I don't know. I just write stuff. But anyway, you can still find the links at sonrisemorningshow.com. Dot com. Be sure to click on the subscribe button so you can get all of that in your inbox every morning. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. The Global Security Summit in Munich begins today. The wars in the Holy Land and Ukraine are expected to dominate the long weekend ahead. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky will be there Along with leaders from Israel and Palestine, the United States will be represented by Vice President Kamala Harris. The German Chancellor will also be there as well. Victims of the Kansas City Super Bowl victory rally shooting were remembered last night in a candlelight visual. Wednesday's mass shooting left one woman dead, a parishioner, a Catholic parishioner in the Diocese of Kansas City in Kansas. Almost two dozen others were injured, including many children. Community and faith leaders join the friends and families of those affected to show their support. Authorities say they believe the tragedy stemmed from a personal dispute and was not a deliberate attack on the event itself. Archbishop Joseph Nauman of Kansas City in Kansas offered condolences to the family of Lisa Lopez Galvan. And he said in his statement, quote, as we continue to process the details of the tragic shooting that concluded what had been a unifying celebration for our city, Let us now remain united in prayer for healing, both physically and mentally, for the victims, their families, and all who are understandably shaken by the heartbreaking event near Union Station, end quote. In other news, mortgage rates in the United States are jumping after strong employment and inflation reports. Lisa Taylor has more. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage averaged 6.77% this week. That's up from 6.64% the previous week, according to Freddie Mac data. It's still higher than a year ago when the average rate was just over 6.3%. Sam Cater, Freddie Mac's chief economist, said the economy has been performing well so far this year and rates may stay higher for longer, potentially slowing the spring home buying season. I'm Lisa Taylor. Greece has legalized the redefinition of marriage. The Greek parliament approved a bill yesterday which allows same-sex couples to get civilly married and adopt children. Greece is now one of the first Orthodox Christian countries to allow same-sex unions. The church was strongly opposed to the bill, which was approved by 176 lawmakers in the 300-seat parliament. The Vatican has released the Pope's message for the next World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly, which takes place this summer, under the theme, Do Not Cast Me Off in My Old Age. From Vatican Radio, Devin Watkins reports. According to a press release from the Dicastery for Laity, Family and Life, it is meant to call attention to the fact that loneliness is the bitter lot in life of many elderly persons, so often the victims of our throwaway culture. In his message, Pope Francis will draw on the verse from Psalm 71 that depicts the plea of an elderly person who reflects on the story of their friendship with God. 
by cherishing the charisms of grandparents and the elderly and the contribution they make to the life of the church, reads the statement, the World Day seeks to support the efforts of every ecclesial community to forge bonds between the generations and to combat loneliness. Cardinal Kevin Farrell, Prefect of the Dicastery for Laity, Family, and Life, expressed his gratitude to the Pope for highlighting the loneliness endured by many elderly people. Faced with this reality, he said, families in the ecclesial community are called to be at the forefront in promoting a culture of encounter, to create spaces for sharing and listening, and to offer support and affection. This, he added, is how the love of the gospel becomes concrete. Loneliness, admitted the Cardinal Prefect, is an unavoidable condition of human life as well as an invitation to turn to God the Father for comfort. As Christians, said Cardinal Farrell, the World Day dedicated to grandparents and the elderly calls us to put aside our throwaway culture and show tenderness and affectionate attention to the most fragile members of our communities. The 2024 World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly takes place in the year of prayer which Pope Francis has called to help Catholics prepare for the 2025 Jubilee. The Pope established the World Day in 2021 to take place on the fourth Sunday of July near the liturgical feast of Saints Joachim and Anne, the grandparents of Jesus. I'm Devin Watkins. The FDA is recalling nearly 60 products containing contaminated dairy. A national outbreak of listeria has been linked to cheese, yogurt, and sour cream made by Rizzo Lopez Foods and sold under a dozen brand names at many popular grocery stores. Those products contain either cheese made by Rizzo Lopez or were processed on the same line. It's 35 past the hour. During this season of Lent, may we suggest giving up the coffee shop and making your coffee at home? You could practice this little penance while giving a few alms by purchasing Mystic Monk Coffee. You'll support both the monks and the show because we earn a commission when you go to them through our link at sunrisemorningshow.com. Also at our site, get yourself a Sunrise Morning Show mug, which you can find in our online store. Grab a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. I'm Father Timothy Shear, and these are Biblical Impressions. Family values is a phrase we are all very familiar with. Of course, the early church had family values, too. We can see this from Acts of the Apostles, where we actually meet several generations of a family that Luke held in high esteem. Timothy worked by Paul's side for a long time, joining the apostle during the second missionary journey to Asia Minor. Timothy's family, at least the women in his family, were also Christian and apparently well-known in the early church. Paul preserves their names for us. Timothy's mother was Eunice, and his grandmother was Lois. We get no further description of Eunice and Lois, but we do get to see them through their son and grandson. Timothy's dedication to the church, his unrelenting work for the truth, his preaching of the gospel, and his love of the Lord. So although we cannot see Eunice and Lois, physically we can see them faith-wise through their son. What a beautiful example of family values. For Sacred Heart Radio, I'm Father Timothy Shear. 
37 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Thanks so much for joining us on this Friday after Ash Wednesday. And this is your friendly reminder that um, if you're not usually a Meatless Friday person, you are a Meatless Friday person today if you are Catholic over the, I forget what the age is, I don't know. My kids don't eat meat on Fridays because I don't eat meat on Fridays. So anyway, no meat today. It's a day of abstinence on this uh, first Friday of Lent. Bobby Schindler joining us again on the Sunrise Morning Show from the Terry Schiavo Life and Hope Network. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Annie. It's good to have you back. And, you know, we're always looking for ways to advocate for the medically vulnerable. I know that's that informs everything you do, and we have you here on a weekly basis to highlight that and it often comes in the form of lamenting when the medically vulnerable are not protected you know those leaving them to die under the skies uh, the guise of you know not letting them suffer or whatever Um, but sometimes we get to do the opposite and celebrate some success stories to illustrate to families that there is in fact hope that a brain injury is not always a permanent thing. Um, so tell us about a Christian indie rocker who has witnessed to this. Sure, and, and thanks, Annie. And it, it is, it's true. I mean, these things aren't quick solutions, and we talk about that all the time. And um, I look for stories like the ones we're going to talk about because it's really important that families understand that, we keep talking about it every single week. The brain needs time to heal, and, and a loved one needs to be afforded that time. And we, we hear it too many times, and we talk about it on the program, uh, that doctors want to give up so quick on these individuals, thinking that they, they're not going to make any type of, quote-unquote, meaningful recovery. But as you said, this is a story. Have you, do you know this band, Annie? I, I, I do not. I'm uh, really, Bobby, I'm really disappointed that Mac is sick today because... Uh, I saw it was a Christian indie rocker, and I was thinking, oh, Matt would totally derail this conversation by talking about this band. But um, I I do not know the Christian indie rock scene the way that I probably should in Matt's mind anyway. Well, I think, I think the name of the band is Empowered. Yeah. Uh, I, I know some, but not a whole lot. I have not heard. Uh, the lead singer is Benny uh, Dicharia. I'm probably not pronouncing his last name maybe? correctly. But... Yeah. So, so this this is uh, so this, this is this is what we talk about how brain injuries can strike at any person at any time. He was asleep; his alarm went off. Woke up, and I guess for whatever reason they don't know what what caused it, but he fell. And just that distance from falling, uh, from standing up, he he hit his head on the ground and and, and sustained a pretty severe concussion and a traumatic brain injury. Goodness. And it took him several months of uh, recovery before he felt like he was back to normal, and he needed to go through different types of therapies, and it was a, it was a very tough uh, struggle for him to, um, I guess, feel, quote-unquote, normal again. But, but he talks about his struggles in that recovery and the seriousness of uh, sustaining a traumatic brain injury, and, and these things and these healings don't happen overnight. And even from someone who, who has fallen just from standing and, and hitting the ground, how severe the impact can be on the person's brain. And now he's using his role his popularity as a Christian rock star, to, to share this story of his recovery from a brain injury and how important it is, um, you know, to, to go through the recovery process and the struggles 
uh, once you have a brain injury, because sometimes it is difficult, uh, and he's using his platform to, to share this with with other people in the industry. So it's a really good witness. The story is it's a, it's a beautiful story of perseverance and and the um, and just really the time it takes for someone who you would think wasn't even um, sustained a, a you know the type of brain injuries that we talk about each week, uh, but nevertheless it's something that required an extensive period of time before he felt like he was fully recovered. Yeah, absolutely. So God bless him and and the uh, the good message that he is bringing. We will certainly take it. But you've got a couple of other stories to highlight as well. Tell us about this high school football player who suffered a brain injury. Right. So th- this is um, Mason Martin, and uh, he um, – he, uh, his father was five months after he suffered a, a he collapsed on a football field. Doesn't ex- explain what happened, but nonetheless, he was in pretty serious shape. In fact, he almost died. But I, I love how you know most of these stories that you read, the doctors are always are always, uh, always quoted saying, as it was in this one, said the doctor said it was short, nothing short of a miracle with his recovery. But he went through hours of occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy every day. So again. You see, you see the type of recovery and the, the rehabilitation that people are sustaining such a brain injuries need. And, and the important thing here is how his family was by his side. His father talks about how he not left his son's side. And, you know, they, parents love their kids unconditionally. They're going to do everything they can to help with their struggles. But, but there is something that's, that we talk about, uh, Annie, is that, is that will to live kicks in. Mm-hmm. And in, in this case, uh, uh, Mason's father explains and describes how his son had this incredible will and desire to improve. In fact, uh, the father is, is quoted as saying, his son will never give up. He said he has never shown an ounce of quit in his life. So it's a really inspiring. He's only 18 years old, and he's making incredible progress Progress from what doctors thought uh, was was probably uh, a brain injury that, that he wasn't going to really necessarily improve uh, when they first diagnosed his uh uh, the type of injury that he that he sustained. Yeah, and you've got one other story to share about a kid who nearly died several years ago and is making a recovery. Yeah, he, he yeah he's he was a middle school boy and he was in a he was on his bike and, and hit by a car and and again he he uh, sustained a pretty severe uh, brain injury and and again his his family was by his side. He went through um, uh, the, the typical protocol for rehabilitation, just like this this pat this uh, other story with Mason with the with the different speech therapies and physical therapies. And, and this was, this was kind of nice. Uh, the, the, uh, there's, a, there's an organization called Team Impact, and this was in North Carolina. And what they do, they match children who have serious uh, um, types of illnesses, in this case disability, with college sports teams. So they connected him with the University of North Carolina football team, and, and they helped him wow. with his rehab. And, and again, uh, the, the young boy is a big North Carolina fan, and, and it provided him inspiration and helped him along uh, with his recovery. That the, the players came and, and, and supported him and encouraged him through his recovery. And now he's doing quite well. And, and uh, his family is really confident that he's going to get back to, uh, to, to, to being, you know, quote unquote normal. I, I you know, I don't like losing, using that expression. Sure. Uh, but, 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 um, but nonetheless, he, he's a young man again who, who was in pretty serious shape, but, but he's making 
uh, incredible uh, strides in his recovery and got the help from the North Carolina football team, which I think is a wonderful program yeah. that they have down there to help these to help these types of situations. Absolutely. And, you know, I who have experience with a, a daughter who had to have brain surgery, it is incredible how these young brains can bounce back if they're given just a little bit of time. Um, but... Bobby, I think uh, it's always important to note that, you know, just because we give the brain time doesn't mean that it's always going to recover, but that brings no less dignity to a human being who who is suffering from a traumatic brain injury. That does not mean that you let them starve to death. You give them palliative care and, and treat them with as, with the dignity that they deserve as human beings. Right, and we're not trying to give, uh, you know, right, everybody's brain reacts and recovers differently, Annie, and, and not, you know, every individual has a type of um, recovery um, stories like the ones we're talking about today. Sometimes it's longer, sometimes a person only makes a certain amount of recovery, but it doesn't mean give up on them. It doesn't mean that exactly. the ending their treatment and ending the person's life is the answer, particularly in a short period of time based on money or based on cost or based on resources, because the insurance decides they're not going to help the family uh, with rehabilitation because the family doesn't have the means to offer the rehabilitation, which what the person needs more than anything, particularly in the beginning of, of, uh, of a brain injury. So uh, we, we just we, we, we got to do everything we can to at least give these people time and at least afford them the opportunity to give them the best care and rehab that, that we can offer to see if, in fact, they can they can improve from their, their whatever condition that they might find themselves in when this types of things initially happen. Absolutely. We've been talking to Bobby Schindler, and you can find lifeandhope.com linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Bobby, always good to have you. Thanks. Thank you, Annie. God bless you. You too, Bobby. Thank you very much. All right, Father Jonathan Duncan joins us next. It's 13 Till. Support is from MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting The Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on The Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. One of the reasons we should go to Mass is because it is the food of the saints that we receive. And for the saints, they understood rightly that the time after Holy Communion 
that those moments are the most precious moments of our lives. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from the EWTN Chapel, every morning, 8 Eastern, on EWTN Radio and Television. It's 11 till. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Jonathan Duncan, a priest for the Diocese of Charleston, director of spiritual health at Bon Secours St. Francis Hospital, works in school and campus ministry as well. Good morning, Father. Father, are you there? Good to be with you, Anna. It is good to have you back. And uh, we are looking ahead to the first Sunday of Lent this weekend, and let's see, the first reading, Genesis chapter 9, God establishing his covenant with Noah after the flood. We've got the gospel reading according to Mark of Jesus going into the desert, much shorter than the uh, the, the other two synoptic gospels on, on this particular story, and then the epistle from the first letter of St. Peter on Christ's suffering for sins once, the righteous for the sake of the unrighteous. What are you focusing on in your uh, your homily this weekend, do you think? Well, I, I have to tell you, this is one of the few weekends um, where, because of the uh, President's Day, I'm actually getting out of town with my family, oh, so we, nice. will be, we are going to be sitting in the pews um, of probably the cathedral down in Savannah. However... Um, I was reflecting on the readings and thinking back to, you know, three years ago this time when I was preaching on this. Um, and I'm always drawn and, and really struck by um, whenever we can have really powerful Old Testament readings, mm. uh, because very often I'm guilty of this as well. You know, I, we, we get the Sunday readings and we immediately, for, for good reasons, gravitate towards the gospel and... I think the story of Noah is just so powerful, um, and I think the, the promise that we have the Noah of, of the covenant, of the rainbow, all of that, and I think it's, it's such a helpful reminder because that's one of those stories that gets relegated to Sunday school, mm-hmm. and I think remembering that this story is about God's demand for judgment— you know, and we're going to hear Jesus going into the desert and then preaching a gospel of what? Repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, repentance so that we can avoid destruction, the destruction of sin and the judgment that, that rightly uh, falls upon sin. And I just think that the story of Noah, within it, we see God's desire for his creation, uh, how sin has to be dealt with, but that God always is looking to find a remnant to renew, and that we see that all throughout the Old Testament, of course, uh, in the story of Noah and Noah and his family and the, the animals brought on the ark are that remnant. And, of course, all that finds its fulfillment in Israel, who becomes a remnant, in a sense, of, of all of creation. And God wants to use them to uh, bring his law and to ultimately bring his word incarnate to the world, to all the nations. And then, of course, even among Israel, when they go astray, he takes one faithful Israelite to make him the remnant. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm, the, the Noah story is, is so wow. beautiful. We don't really get a chance to hear it much on Sundays. Um, 
So, yeah, I think if I were going to be up in the pulpit, I'd probably lean into Noah. Um, Noah and but, his 40 days. I mean, the the yeah. the first thing, I, I was thinking, what in the world does Noah have to do with Lent? And then you think, well, he's on the ark for 40 days, just like Jesus spent 40 days in the desert. I mean, that number 40 is so important when it comes to renewal um, by the hand of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they entered, they entered that period. They were, of course, saved through the waters of the flood, um, saved because the, the world had to be renewed, the world had to be cleansed. Uh, and they were saved through the waters of the flood. And, of course, St. Paul reminds actually not St. Paul, St. Peter reminds us that baptism now, that, that flood of Noah prefigured baptism, which we enter into the waters of baptism, uh, which we're preparing to do again as, as one people at the Easter Vigil, right? We enter the waters of death with the Lord. We enter the waters of baptism with the Lord, and we're saved through those waters. So there's so much that's pointing forward, and of course Lent is all about preparing to enter into the Passover of the Lord, to enter into His suffering and His passing over from death to life, and His passing through the waters um, of death. So I think, yeah, Noah has so much um, to just call us to. And again, we're going to hear in the Gospel, we're not going to get the, the, the elaborate temptation description that we get in the others, but Mark is going to really focus on the fruit of that, uh, of that tempting is that Jesus comes out and preaches the Gospel of repentance. Repent and believe in the Gospel. In other words, and I think it's important we remember, repentance is not the same as contrition. It's not feeling sorry or feeling guilty for your sin. Sometimes we think that. Repentance is stopping and turning and going the other direction, recognizing that the path we're on is leading to destruction, the same kind of destruction that came with the flood, the the destruction that always comes with sin, because sin, when it's full-grown, always leads to death. And repent is the command we're given to say, stop going the direction you're going. It's heading for death. It's heading for brokenness. Turn around. There's another way. And that's the gospel. That's the good news, you know, that, yeah. that there is another way, that God is open to hearing us and to receiving and forgiving us when we turn. That's such an important point because it's so easy to, I mean, you see people that are in the midst of of destruction uh, in their own lives due to personal sin, and they might be sorry for it and yet continue to wallow in it. I mean, I do that all the time, Father. It may not be one of those sins that, you know, everybody sees, but I'm wallowing in it too, whether I'm sorry or not. Absolutely. And so... The Church gives us this opportunity, of course, you know, baptism is when we pass through for the first time and are forgiven, but the Church, thankfully, because we we do sin sometimes after baptism, so the Church gives us confession as that uh, a stepping back into those healing waters. Amen. We've been talking to Father Jonathan Duncan from the Diocese of Charleston. Father, thanks so much for your reflections this morning. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks so much, Annie.
You bet. All right. That'll do it for this Friday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. We'll look forward to catching up with you again on Monday of the first full week of Lent. Got another hour for our locals and those listening on the Sunrise Morning Show app for EWTN. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace.